In a time where parents have the weight of a thousand decisions on their shoulders and every step is like walking in quicksand, adventure's probably not in your focus. However, research shows families who adventure are more resilient and have significantly healthier minds and bodies. The purpose of this podcast is to help families connect through simple and authentic adventure experiences. Welcome to Ordinary Sherpa, your online community designed to help you connect, reach your summit, and create meaningful adventure experiences with your family. Hello, and welcome to Ordinary Sherpa. I'm your host, Heidi Dusick. I am so excited. I am officially declaring summer. I don't know, every year Memorial Day happens. It's our last week of school. All the things are coming to life, and I feel like summer is here. We're actually going to see weather in the 70s this week. It's super exciting, but there's so many things happening. I'm recording in the RV tonight, and I'm battling a mosquito, and it just caught my attention again, and I'm hoping that this little mosquito buzz does not make its way into my microphone and give you that just adventurous hum, because that is one thing I really don't love about adventure is I could do without the mosquitoes, but you know what? It's worth it. It's all part of the journey. As I was saying, though, I am so excited that summer is here. We are kicking off our travel calendar next week. And I also am in the final stretch of the Everyday Mini Adventure Challenge. So remember, I've been talking about it a couple of weeks, but this is your last chance. The price actually just went up today. So unfortunately, if you haven't got on, you only have a few days left. We kick off on Saturday, June 5th. The price is $40 now. And you can go to ordinarysherpa.com backslash challenge to register. And again, you only have a couple of days left. We're going to spend some time getting to really be intentional this summer, have some fun, create these mini adventures to help our family connect. And yeah, just have a lot of fun. One of the fun things we do every Memorial Day is we go camping. And this group that we camp with, we've been camping with for years. And it's so fun to see the evolution of our story and our experiences emerge. You know, as I think about my own little tips of like, how do you simplify adventure and how do you make it fun? I said yes to a couple of different adventures. And looking back, I don't know if I would have researched it and done a lot more planning. I don't know that I would have said yes. So let me set the stage a little bit. We had gone to this state park on the western side of Wisconsin. There's a lot of bluffs overlooking the Mississippi and Wisconsin rivers, and there's caves, and there's waterfalls, and there's all these different things that are really great, and they have awesome hiking, and there are quite a few points of interest that we didn't even see. And one of the adventures was to take this hike that was 1.5 miles on the map, and we were going to meet up with the boys who were down fishing on the Mississippi River, and then we were going to hike to this cave with a waterfall. And I posted about it on Instagram, but I'll just kind of give you the moral of the story is, if I had known the elevation of that hike... And if I would have known that the waterfall was more of a trickle, and if I would have known that the hike was actually closer to three miles and not 1.5, I don't know that I would have said yes. We were coming off of another crazy adventure where we were biking some massive hills and my legs were completely jello, but we said yes. And my daughter was kind of excited about seeing the cave with the waterfall and it was worth it. It was worth it. I'm glad I didn't know as many things. And I think that's a good little lesson for us sometimes just to know enough to get out the door and to say yes, but not necessarily feel so overwhelmed by planning every aspect of the adventure. 
You've probably heard this by now, but for me, that was a fun little way to say yes in the moment and just go and show up and try it. And along the way, I had a moment where my daughter was less than thrilled about the elevation on the climb back up, and we probably had a good half mile to go. And she just said, Mom, would you carry me on your back? Now, give it my daughter's nine. You know, she's not (laughs) the tiniest person in the world. And I thought I could either listen to the whining for the next half mile, or I could see if I can hike uphill with a, eh, let's say, 60, 70 pound child on my back. I'm going to try this. So I said, yes, I hiked a lot slower. And then after about, I don't know, 0.2 miles, maybe a quarter, I don't know. I don't even know if it was that much, 0.1. I said, okay, how's that? And she goes, that was good. Thank you. And then just a fun little tip. This is, I learned this from my running days. If you swing your arms more than expected, you kind of exaggerate the arm swing. And I always say, you go cheek to cheek with your thumbs. You want to at least hit your cheek, you know, so you're really swinging up and you're really swinging back. That arm swing actually helps your legs keep up with your arms. You don't have to think about how sore your legs are, but your arms really give you enough momentum to help you kind of finish through the hike. And I gave my daughter that tip and it worked and she was excited and she caught up with the group that was in front of us and she finished strong and I was really proud of her. So it was really great to finish that hike and be sweaty and gross and have the wind blow and feel good and sit in the chair and enjoy a glass of water after we were done and stretch because yeah, I needed all of it. A fun way to be in the moment and say yes to that everyday adventure that I probably would not have said yes to if I was thinking logically, (laughs) all things considered. Which brings us to today's episode, Spontaneous Dad Adventures. You know, Ordinary Sherpa has been designed to really inspire families to connect through adventure. And we all have these different icons for what adventure looks like. But sometimes connection happens in moments, right? It's through these little experiences that we create. And those experiences, those shared experiences, create the memories that last with us forever. And today's guest is going to talk through a different way to approach some of these adventures and how he's embraced his role as a dad to really be paramount to building family connections with his kids, but also to really inspire other dads. And I think many of us when we're thinking about the American dream, you lose sight of the simple everyday things that really make family memories. So my guest today recognized this as he was going through all the things to align with the American dream. And in 2014, decided to leave college after transitioning out of the military and reconnected with his love of leadership and the desire to be a better husband and father. He launched the Military Veteran Dad in 2019 and is now a stay-at-home dad and is spending some time coaching other dads while spending quality time with his family. Ben and I met through a mastermind community and immediately connected just over the demands on parents in 2020. Ben Killoy is my guest today, who is also a Marine veteran, a speaker, and a coach with a focus on dads, allowing them to step into their best life. Ben, welcome to Ordinary Sherpa. How are you doing today? I am doing awesome, Heidi. Thank you for having me on today. We're going to get into this in just a little bit, but I love the fact that you're a stay-at-home dad and recognize the everyday little things that are so important to creating memories with your kids. Tell me just a little bit of your backstory and how did you get to this place of being a stay-at-home dad? It really started from the pit of turning 30. So I'm 36 now. So it feels like when I say six years is when this pit really kicked in. 
it doesn't seem like much, but I mean, eternity has happened in six years. I feel like a completely different person. So right when I turned 30, Jay Leno had just left the Tonight Show. And it's an odd connection when I turned 30, you're even worrying about the Jay Leno when he left the Tonight Show. But something happened when he left the Tonight Show. Everybody came out to thank him for showing up in their life and giving them an opportunity that completely changed it and they wouldn't be where they are without Jay. And that a thought popped in my head. I don't think a single person is going to be at the end of my life and care that I was here. Mm-hmm. And that pit, that feeling was a really deep feeling. I'm like, that's really negative. And so then some, a friend gave me this question that if you want a result in your life, you've never had, you need to do things that you've never done. So for me, I never had many friends, which leads to having more people in your life, which is how you can have a stronger life at the end of your life. And so I was like, why don't I have any friends? And it hit me. Well, every person you talk to kind of feels like that high school girl that said no. And so you've been avoiding that rejection feeling for 15 years at this time. And so that's why you don't have any friends. And I'm like, well, that's a silly reason. So I decided there was a park in our subdivision at the time. And I was always there with playing with the kids after dinner. And there was other dads there. And I always wanted to say hello. But I was always like, no, don't say hello. They had a long day just like you did. They just want to play with their kids. They do not want conversation. And then one day after that question came into my head, I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to say hello. Turns out we were both playing chicken. And I had so many rich conversations with dads at the park that I was like, wow, they really want to talk to me just as much as I wanted to talk to them. And then I just kind of kept extrapolating that experience and talking to more people and airplanes and grocery stores and almost got drunk on talking to other people and having conversation with people that were randomly popping in my life. And that just brought so much more opportunity in my life. And then just fast forward through where we are today. It's just those conversations started to change how I saw myself, what they saw as value in myself. Cause I had, I had always struggled with self-worth. And when friends started reflecting back parts of myself that I couldn't see, I started executing on that. And then I also saw through conversation, like even just being friends with you you just start seeing that there are other ways to live life. And most Americans just don't have a wide enough view of the American dream is what I've come to learn. And I've spent my six years since trying to get a very wide view of the American dream of figuring out what dream and where do I want to take my life and my family and how do I want to live it as well. That is awesome. We have been redefining the American dream for ourselves over the last couple of years. I'm curious, what is your dream starting to look like now that you've found your place, I guess, or are finding your place? How about that? So I first heard Vincent Plagisi, the common connection within the community that we're in. He mentioned uh, on a podcast for dads in 2017, his story. And ever since then, I've been eyeing this idea of freedom. I didn't know what it was, and I've just been slowly withering it down. So my wife's a kindergarten teacher, absolutely loves it, would do it for free. So I've really built my dream around that concept. I almost treat it like pie. It's always 3.14. And so the best dream that I've designed within this is that we work and I work in my business. She does her thing in the school year. And then in the summer, we just unplug and enjoy adventure and we travel and we can do things because we're all off during the summer then. And I can create a life that allows that to happen. So for me, my American dream is that we enjoy family for 10 months while we work. And then we really enjoy family even deeper and just explore what life's really out there through the summer. And then we come back in the, in the fall and get ready for school to start. 
Yeah, I appreciate that. My husband's a teacher too. And I, for a long time, I kind of resented the school calendar because it doesn't give you the flexibility to do things all the other times of the year. No, they don't get the vacation days <laughs> no. even. Like you get two vacation days to do something on your own. It's like, man, they really put a stickler. Like you need to work within these boundaries of the school calendar right? for anything that you want to do. Yeah, it is. It's, it's pretty challenging when you just even want to take like a day off. It's insane. We have talked, I know, just about what it means to be a dad. And I think that's really important, too, because oftentimes, I'll just speak actually as a mom first. Once you become a mom or a dad, I feel like it changes your whole perspective of what your purpose is in life. And I think many people expect their kids to love them unconditionally. And you framed it differently for me once. Can you just highlight kind of the role and your thoughts of what your role is as being a dad? A lot of what I've learned within my own journey of becoming a dad that many kid parents live vicariously through their kids. They even bring their kids into love in their life to bring in a sense of love for themselves that they weren't they didn't feel in their own childhood, maybe. But the problem with that is your kids are whole human beings. They can make their own decisions. And what I've had to learn through the process of growing up and becoming a stronger parent is they're not responsible for your happiness and you're not responsible for their happiness. Uh, you have a responsibility to them to provide them examples, experiences, and help them become a better adult as they grow up. But we're not responsible for them and they're not responsible for us. And when you separate that dichotomy there, you can create a lot of freedom and you can create a lot of growth that can happen that prepares you for a stronger life. And for my daughter, for example, I have two daughters. My objective for her when she goes out into the world and understands what a woman is, is that I provided a model as a dad for what a man looks like and that what she can go out into the world and measure me against the people that she finds. Because what I've learned as a dad that like a dad with a shotgun at the door is a dad that set the bar low. That he's afraid of who she brings home because she's going to copy me. But the dad that set the bar high will always know her daughter will come to the right conclusion. They're like, yeah, this isn't my dad. I'm going to try again. And so for me, everything about how you lead your own life, not necessarily all the other things, it's how you led your own life will set that bar. And that's been kind of like my objective for my son, even the same idea, like what does treating a woman look like? Setting that example with my wife, because everything that they see is modeled from our behavior. And we, we often don't have enough responsibility and don't accept responsibility for that true thing there. And it's been my journey to kind of grow through that and be a better example for myself. And then so that way I can be a better example for them. That modeling is so critical. And I think sometimes we want to shelter our kids from failing or from getting hurt. I guess part of the reason I think I've chosen adventure is because it's like a safe place to fail. Like you can try a bunch of stuff that's really hard and you're not going to be amazing of it. You can go on some crazy adventure and you're not awesome at it. It hurts. It's it's hard, you know? So one of the things I am curious about is how do you teach your kids how to fail or how do you show them that you love them no matter what? You know, what are the ways you model that pain, but also failing and knowing that those things in life are going to happen and that's good? It really starts with humility and also being open and honest with ourselves, but then also accepting feedback from them. Because I do something with all my kids called Bedtime Talk, which started as just like telling jokes and talking about silly things and reading books at bedtime. But for my oldest daughter, who's nine, it's essentially turned in this place where we kind of it's like a counseling session for her day where she unloads about something in the playground and different things like that. And what I've learned in those moments at bedtime is I'm practicing being there for the small things so that later in life she'll bring me the big things. Mm. And that has allowed me to just create a nice safe place where I can admit I'd made 
mistake during the day. Like, yes, I made that decision. Yes, I held my ground on it. But if I could do it again, I probably wouldn't do it. And here's why. And that just because it didn't change my mind doesn't mean that I wasn't wrong. I'm going to make a decision. I'm going to stick to it because that's just as important as not making a decision and or being flimsy on your decision. So just talking with my kids openly, allowing them to criticize me and call me out and have a safe place where I don't react negatively because it's kind of an extreme example. But I mean, there's situations where if I'm not practicing there for the small things, whether it be an issue on the playground, because to them and I'm, that's life. That mm-hmm. is their entire world. I mean, the world is made in the playground. It's no different than me losing my job. It's just as real to them. And if I dismiss that, I'm essentially telling them that their voice and stories don't matter and that I have bigger things to worry about. And eventually as they grow up and they have real world problems, like even the worst case scenario, like I think she's pregnant. If you haven't created a safe place for them to bring this to you, you might find out when it's way too late. And that's when it's all too late. And that's why I'm super conscious in the early ages, because this is where it begins. This is where those safe environments happen. Yeah. And one of the things I love about you and just in general is that, you know, these aren't planned things. You can't plan to talk to your kid about the pain that they're going to have or these issues that you're having. You have a way of just connecting spontaneously and creating a lesson out of the everyday moments rather than planning what you're going to say or how things are going to go. Talk to me just about some of the ways you do spontaneous fun things and ways that you connect with your kids or how do you get good at becoming spontaneous? I always listen to my childlike tendencies as far as like my ideas and my imagination. One example that I didn't plan it this way, but it kind of morphed in this way. We have a quick trip uh, about maybe eight miles away, and there's a bike trail that literally rides almost right to it. There's a sidewalk that connects from the bike trail, so it's really safe to get to. And so with my oldest daughter, we went on a bike ride. We started at something traditional last year. We went and bike ride, and we got a, a slushy, a quick trip, and we would sit down, and we would talk. And my daughter, one time we were riding and she was like, why do you do this stuff? And I was like, well, however long I'm going to be on this earth, whether it be 10 days, 10 years, 20 years, whatever it may be, there's going to come a time when you, I'm not here. And it's important for me to create these little memories where you can be in touch with something that I was saying or something we talked about or just a memory, like anchor memories is what I call them. Because there's going to be a time where you're like, what would dad do? What would dad do? And if you don't have these nice common places where they can feel that, they're not going to be able to do that. And I told her, I was like, there's going to come a time and I'm not here and you want to ask a hard question and get an answer and you really want to be tapped into dad's wisdom or like, what would dad do in this position? You're probably going to want a bike ride because that's where you felt most connected. Or if it's fishing for a son, like, and your dad's not here, you're going to go fishing to get connected with your dad. And a lot of that comes with just doing and being like, it doesn't come with a lot of work. It just means, hmm. Hey, let's go for a bike ride. Let's do this. I mean, I tell you, I probably go on bike rides every night now that it's back to being warm here in Wisconsin. And I probably have eight kids and I only have three out there (laughs) riding with me because I recruit them from all the neighborhood houses because sometimes not every parent can go out there and, and ride with them. So in some cases, it's just creating opportunity for kids to be led by someone. You want to start changing the world? You need to start changing your neighborhood. And the best way to do that is be a great example. And not every family has mom and a dad with them. Try to create as much opportunity to be the person that steps in and like one of the neighbors, like immediately as we started warming up, he's like, when can we go on a bike ride after dinner? And I was like, I don't know. We haven't quite got that far yet yet. <laughs> I don't know what the time is, but it's just something that happens naturally through that process. Yeah. And the simplicity of it, right? I love that you just kind of do these things without a lot of planning, but 
They are so simple. And these are the things that matter. I You talked to me too about some of the things you guys did just to kind of I think it was your wife had some people over or something. I don't remember that. You can give the context, but you just said, all right, kids, we're going in the car and you didn't know where you were going. So talk about this fun little like mystery trip that you did and how did you get there and what what did you guys all do? I feel like this was the moment my real adventure gene really got (laughs) born and it wasn't intentional. It was born out of my wife's bringing some friends over and they want us out of the house. Okay, so now what do I do? And they wanted the house all day. And I'm like, that's a big ask. I'm like, I don't even, I can't. And we're in Corona times. Like, there's not a lot of things that you can do that would take an entire day that isn't just super crazy or like complex. And I was like, you know what? I don't know what we're going to do. And I just backed up the car to the garage and we started throwing stuff in there. I had fishing rods. I had beach towels. I had swimsuits. I had basketballs. I had Frisbees. I emptied a lot of the garage into the back of the car and we started with getting subway nearby here in Milton. And then we went and had subway to park and we ate lunch. And then I was like, now what? Cause that's as far as I had gotten. So then I was like, you know what the kids love ice cream. And so this has actually been my number one adventure hack. Find an ice cream shop about an hour away from where you are, point the car towards that destination and say, we're going to get ice cream. And then once you get there, then launch to the next adventure. And it worked out beautifully. Like I couldn't have planned it better if I actually tried because we picked ice cream in New Glarus. I've never really even been to New Glarus. So I kind of wanted to go because I liked that area. And it was just it was adventure for me even. So we've got ice cream and we're eating ice cream. And right across the street is New Glarus City Pool. And it's a beautiful day out. It's warm. And the kids are like, can we go swimming? Can we go swimming? And I'm like, I don't know. So I go up my phone. They're scheduling times like a lot of the city's pools are. And they had a time in about 30 minutes. And I was like, how perfect. So I signed this up and we parked in a parking slot and everybody got changed in the car. We had swimming and we swam for an hour and a half. And then it was like maybe four o'clock and they wanted to play at the park that was right next door. And we had dinner problem. I was like, oh, we could probably just pick up a pizza locally here. So I ordered a pizza here in New Glarus and then we picked it up. We had pizza in the park. The kids had amazing time. We got a picture in front of the cow at the park. And that still is one of my favorite adventure pictures as well. And then we rode home and the sun was setting behind us as we were driving east. And it was I was just like, this day really happened. It was just crazy. And we called it an adventure day. And like the kids were asking almost immediately, can we go on another one of those? And I'm like, another one of what? That wasn't (laughs) even bland. I don't even know what I did. I don't know how to recreate this thing. And I actually ended up redoing it in a similar way where. We had lunch in over in Evansville on a park. Same idea. I brought lunch. We had a picnic. And then on the way out of New Glarus last time, we noticed mini golf. And I was like, oh, man, we should have did that. So from that launch pad, then I went back to New Glarus and we had mini golfing. And the kids absolutely loved that again. And then we picked up Culver's and we started heading back. And the spontaneousness of it, I had ideas in my head, but they didn't really all come true. And I just kind of let the road take us where we were going. And the, like I said, the ice cream shop was my new favorite hack. We even did it recently. We went down to Starved Rock in Illinois State Park, and I pinpointed an ice cream shop as well. Like, we're going to go to this park, and we're going to tie it to ice cream. And it worked out perfectly because the kids like ice cream, and it just adds this extra component that makes sense or makes it easier, I think, for planning. And just ended up being this great memory. That's awesome. I am laughing over here a little bit because, like, ice cream is the one thing that is a constant in our family. Like, doesn't matter what we do. I can bribe them with ice cream to do just about anything. So I'm laughing because, you know, I like to also create these, I don't know, kind of non-touristy type things too. I don't love going to all the 
childlike attractions like trampoline parks for example and like they're fun once but then after that like we got to do something else so I was just kind of laughing because I was like okay so now ice like that might be our summer adventure is like how many ice cream shops in the state of Wisconsin can we find (laughs) the other thing that I figured out so I don't have a truck I have a Chevy Cruze and a Chevy Cruze cannot hold bicycles and I've always wanted to go on bike rides other than our own little area we can't get the bikes anywhere because they're all big kid bikes now. We could when they were smaller, but not anything now. And I was like, what do I do? How do I solve this problem? So last fall, I invented scooter adventures. And it was also too cold to ride a bike. Like when you go fast on a bike, it's just colder. So I was like, let's just ride the scooters because they go slower. And so I called these scooter adventures and we would just find paved paths. There's a couple, there's lots of them in Janesville here. And those paved paths would go to a park and we would like park a mile away and we would scooter our way to the park. You thought I took them to Disney World. Like, the, <laughs> like they would just jump off their scooters and jump down by the river by one of the parks that's by here. And they were just exploring and having a massive fun time. And it was just riding their Razor scooters about a mile away from a park towards the park and then back again. Like, it, like it's another simple idea of just a scooter adventure. Just find a path. And they absolutely have had a blast going on these scooter yeah. adventures. And it's something super simple, and it's something that they have found really impactful and memorable. You're saying that how much do your kids love this, and I think sometimes we lose sight that you can stay a kid as long as you want to be. You know, these I remember doing these things in high school, and it's felt so rebellious because I'm like, we're like 18 years old taking these scooters and being completely ridiculous. But you don't, there's no one that says you can't do these things as an adolescent or as an adult, but we kind of decide for ourselves that we don't have permission to do those things or that we're crazy. So every once in a while, I think your childlike mindset is worthwhile as a key takeaway for my audience as well, too. You know, like just embrace your inner child and go with it. Who cares who else is watching or what you're doing? You hit on something right there at the end. Who else is watching is tied to fear. And you don't realize where fear is truly showing up, especially if there's not like a clear decision that you're humming and hawing on. Fear just prevents you from even thinking about some things. So we used to go ice skating with my oldest daughter. I always try to find like one-on-one thing to do with her. And then once Corona hit, ice skating rinks got shut down. I'm like, what do we What do we need to do? And so she's getting older. She's nine. So I was like, let's go skiing. It sounded like something really fun. I've wanted to do it. I've been skiing like maybe four or five times in my life. Never been a pro. Just enjoyed it. So we decided, I booked it at the end of February, went to Tyro Basin, and I'm like, this could be hell or this could be heaven. And it worked out in the, in the end, but man, what I realized doing this exercise on, on the ski hill, because I'm the teacher trying to teach her how to ski and I can barely ski and she's never skied in her life. And it's like the blind leading the blind. <laughs> and I'm seeing all these other instructors that are the Tyro Brayson instructors doing all this teaching. And I was like, man, I really should have paid for the lessons. It would have been so much better. These kids are crushing it. When, and when you see like four-year-olds doing things that you're scared of, it really just challenges how you've saw the world. Like you see six-year-old doing jumps and I'm like, I barely made it down the hill. Yeah. A lot feeling like I could make it alive. And this four, six-year-old is jumping off a ski hill. What I've learned through doing skiing was one, I need to do it more often. Two, it's a great way to move through fear and just trust the tools in front of you, like the skis. And you, if you trust the skis and point in the right direction, they'll get you where you're going. You just need to trust the tools that are in front of you. And we don't have a lot of experience in that. And then the craziest part of this whole adventure, we were all done. We were getting ready to go up to the car and we sat, we're sitting around a fire, just kind of relaxing. And I ask, what was your favorite part of the day? And she's like, my favorite part was that you taught me and that you didn't have an instructor. And I was like, are you nuts? 
I'm thinking in my head, like <laughs> I, I was the worst instructor, but then it hit me. This like the wisdom in this is kids are always looking to be led by their parents and whether it be adventure or a lesson, perfection is what messes it up because just showing up there in that moment, I mean, I was the worst instructor that you could probably have in that moment, but it didn't matter because I was there with her and I was leading her. Mm-hmm even if it was only three steps ahead versus an instructor who would maybe like 25 steps ahead knows more about it. It didn't matter. I was there leading and yeah. I'm convinced that life can be learned on the ski hill. Like I'm going to focus on going skiing more because entrepreneurship was learned on the ski hill. You can learn how to go through fear. You can just learn so much of life on the ski hill. And if I would have did that a lot younger, I probably would have been a lot further than where I am now. That's awesome. And I, there's so many lessons there, right? I think your daughter learned that you were vulnerable with her. You weren't the expert guiding her. She didn't. You didn't pay for the expert to guide her. There were so many lessons in just learning from her dad. And I have to say, I have that four-year-old that's taking jumps, and it is terrifying, by the way, just so you know. <laughs> exactly. And they just do it naturally. Oh, I, there are days where I'm like, you know, I'm really glad we taught the kids because now, you know, they're four nine and 11 and they're pretty awesome skiers but boy that four-year-old I wish he had just a little bit more fear like every once in a while I'm like how do I give people fear just to remind them but they'll get it fast enough they don't need it yes exactly it will come on its own yeah I want to going with the fear I want to keep on that trend for a little bit because I know you're working on a really critical topic Tell me more about how you are helping dads step into this place so that they can be both successful at work and at home So I wouldn't even have been able to predict this story when I started my podcast, Military Veteran Dead. So I started January 2019 on a plane ride home from a conference. I created the mission to bring every dad home because military dads, they come home from war, but we don't emotionally come home from war. And that was as much as I would say I dug into it through the process of talking to military dads and then even talking to civilian dads. This feeling of home is something that most men are chasing. Either they didn't have a feeling of home when they were younger or they're just told that this is this is how you build a home and they go do it in all the wrong areas. They climb a ladder, they climb and get status, they bring in money so they can have all these different things, but they're still chasing this feeling of home. And I've been talking to dads and we'll talk about home for a second or I'll, I'll mention it and they'll start crying. That four letter word can make a man cry because what they've been looking for all their life is that feeling of home and it's not a building. It's a feeling of, do I feel like I'm capable of being who I need to be in this moment? And men have been wired over the last 50 and 100 years that you find purpose in work. And this is where this is where the American dream should flow. You be provider and everything should work out. But in the end, I tried that for 10 years. All you get is car payments, a mortgage, debt, and a job that you can't figure out how to get out of because you've got all these other obligations. Then you just feel stuck. And for military dads and regular dads, the the worst thought that starts creeping in is I feel like my family would be better without me because when I'm there, it seems worse. And for a military dad, that thought produces, gets to a point where it gets oxygen and they end up taking their own life. And it's one of the hardest parts of having the military dad podcast. And once I've learned this new Mm -hmm. twist, I've been able to shift and like, there's a whole nother topic here that I want to dive into. And that's what the business of fatherhood comes into which is just going to be talking about how the things that we learn in in business can actually apply at home. Just no one really talks about whether it be leadership, whether it be how we run our processes, even as a stay at home dad, a lot of my success 
through lots of trial and error has been even just thinking like an ISO 9001 process that I learned through work. Like, you know what a lot of this is, how do I keep producing success every day? And when something failed, how do I reiterate it so I can produce success consistently? All of that is business minded stuff, but I'm applying it at home. So the business of fatherhood is tying all that together and really focusing on how can I help illuminate some of these skills that dads already have to create that sense of feeling at home that most men have been looking for all their life. They've just been doing it in all the wrong ways. I don't have much to follow up on because I just see the value of that is so powerful. And I think if even if you help five dads right now, or if you, those are five dads that are going to be there for their kids that may not be already. So I think the power of connection and bringing families together. I'm so excited to see where this goes because I know what a need it is. And I'm really excited for you in, in this new adventure. And I feel like I've been training it for ever since the first podcast that I've just been withering down, finding my voice, kind of what you already know when you start a podcast, just exercising these thoughts allows you to see them clear, refine them, figure out where different places where they fit in. Right. All of those different things are tied together. I mean, even adventure, a huge component that kind of makes men neutral is they don't have a lot of adventure in their life, just within their own life, not even talking about family adventure. Do they feel like they're doing things that bring them into an alive state? And that doesn't always have to be related to family. And most men aren't doing those types of things. It's just this rinse, repeat, and we get lost in that loop. And next thing you know, the kids are leaving and they're like, where did that time go? And that's the hard part of this process. But to me, what I've learned over all these years is that when a dad comes home, everything can begin to change. And so to me, the stakes have never been higher. And I'm super excited to expand my message and be able to go into a deeper mind because there are so many people out there that this message can help. And it just really gets me excited for this next season of life that I'm going into. Ben, if people want to follow up with you and talk further about this or any of the other ideas you shared today, how can they find you? Business of Fatherhood can be found at bencolloy.com, K-I-L-L, O-Y. And the podcast is there as well. My coaching services are there. The Military Veteran Dad podcast is at militaryveterandad.com. Those two easy ways are where you can find me. And a common gift, the way the place where my story started, just like I said, with dads at the park, is conversation and friendship. So at freedadcourse.com, I also offer a short 10-minute, five-lesson audio course on how to have more friends in your life. And I'm going to put all of those in the show notes so that listeners don't have to feverishly write down all of that. So all that's in the show notes. Thank you so much today, Ben, for joining us and for sharing this really critical message, both on the fun, adventurous side of spontaneous adventure days, but also on the really critical aspects of fear, connection, and showing up and being the dad that you want to be. It is a lot easier than you think, and it just takes a intention and a belief that you're worthy enough to be the dad that you want to be and everything can start changing. Thank you so much for that, Ben. I have eight key takeaways from this episode. Number one, stop playing chicken. Sometimes you need to make the first move and simply say hi. As we emerge from the pandemic and interact with others, don't overthink a simple hello. Be willing to take the first step into an uncomfortable adventure of connecting with others at the park. Number two, How you lead your own life will set the bar for your child's expectations in life. You can create a lot of a freedom and growth that prepares both you and your child for a stronger life. Number three, bedtime talk is a way to do small things like tell jokes and tell stories with your kids. As Ben said, I'm practicing being there for the small things so later in life she'll bring me the big things. Number four, anchor memories create common experiences for kids to reflect back. What would dad do? 
Most of these experiences come from doing and being. It doesn't come from a lot of work. Number five, adventure hack. Find an ice cream shop an hour away and point the car in that direction. Maybe empty the garage into the car and be ready for whatever else shows up along the way. Or find a paved path and start your own scooter adventures. Number six, Ben thought he was the worst ski instructor, but remembered kids are looking to be led by their parents, whether it be an adventure or a lesson. Perfection is usually what messes up that moment. Your kids don't want or even know what perfection is. They just know and want you. Number seven, create an opportunity for kids to be led by someone. You want to change the world? Be an example in your neighborhood. Number eight, embrace the inner child. Do a spontaneous adventure and think, what would a four-year-old like? It is so fun. I used to remember my mom and I would just get goofy and we'd be like, well, let's be four today and just not feel like we had to be responsible and be playful. And it was really a lot of fun. And I think so much gets lost in our role as a parent and our expectations as parents that we sometimes lose sight that kids just really want to connect with you and they love you. They want to be with you as a parent and perfection does get in the way. So I hope this episode brings clarity, some simplicity, but recognizing when a moment like that happens, just be spontaneous and roll with it. You don't have to have it all planned out. You don't even have to know where you're going. Just find an ice cream shop. It's been such an honor and a pleasure. If you are interested in doing some spontaneous fun things this summer, you'd like a little guidance. Don't forget, a couple more days, the Everyday Mini Adventure Challenge is on until this Saturday, and then it will be closed for the season. Go to OrdinarySherpa.com backslash challenge. And until then, keep on adventuring. If you found value from today's show, here are three easy ways you can support us. Subscribe to Ordinary Sherpa Podcast on the platform you're listening to. It lets the providers know that you're getting value from the show and want to be around when we release additional content. If you feel compelled, leave us a review. Two, find your friends, family, and others you think would enjoy this show and share this episode. Three, and most importantly, join the community of families interested in creating authentic experiences through simple adventures by going to OrdinarySherpa.com backslash community. We want to hear from you and create content that would benefit your family. Thanks for joining us on this journey as we help families connect through adventure.